Welcome to the Catfish Corner, where we're talking about Predators hockey with me, Tommy Dees, your host, and Paul Skirbina, your beat writer for the Tennessean and Team Tennessee in the USA Today Sports Network. So, Paul, let's just get right down to it. What's wrong with the Preds? There's a lot wrong with the Predators, but somehow they're still in second place in the division. But I, I think um, recent, you know, trends have shown that. Uh, well, first of all, the Predators have lost more games at home this year than they did all of last year. I think they lost nine at home last year. They've lost 11 already this year. They've lost three games in a row. And everybody thinks it's time to panic. Um, I don't I'm, agree. I'm already panicked. I'll just be honest. Yeah, you, you live in a state of panic. Um, <laughs> but I don't really think it is time to panic. And, and you'll see in, in online tonight at Tennessean.com and in tomorrow's paper, um, I addressed – a few things that I think are wrong, um, you know, the power play being the obvious one. That um, one, let, let's stop right there because that that one actually has begun to get a little better. It's it has the they've, they've scored a couple of goals, they, and which is which is an improvement. I mean, you have nowhere to go but up on your last. They're still last in the league. Uh, they have addressed that issue as we've talked about by acquiring Brian Boyle, uh, who had a direct hand in PK Subban's power play goal last night by. Magically standing in front of the net and taking up some space and screening the goalie—it's uh, a novel concept that uh, the Predators are now trying to employ. I've, I've got to hand it to Lavalette to come up with something like completely off the wall like that. You know, it's—it's it's, it's never it's, been tried before. It's in a simple—it's a simple game, really. Uh, that's so complicated. But yes, it's been a problem all season. Um, a lot of that has to do with injuries. A lot of that has to do with uh, some of that has to do with bad luck. Some of that it has to do with just not doing things the right way. I looked into the numbers of the power play again today. I did that a couple weeks ago. They're getting shot attempts. They're getting high danger shot attempts. They're not converting on them. So when you get a high danger shot attempt, there's a certain area in the ice where if you get an attempt, you know, that they consider that a high danger attempt, not to, you know, bore you with, with the details, but they don't convert on these, these attempts, these opportunities enough. And when I look at the power play on the surface, I think, man, they don't shoot it. They pass it too much. They don't shoot it enough. That's what I think when I watch them. And the numbers say otherwise. The numbers say that they're they're middle of the pack when it comes to shot attempts on the power play. Um, and they're middle of the pack when it comes to high danger opportunities on the power play. Converting has been the problem. Um, you, you have to think that that's going to come uh, eventually. And despite all of these problems, Austin Watson being suspended and the power play and the struggles at home and giving up the first goal and all these other things, they're still only four points out of first place in their division. You have to think if they improve on any of these things that, you know, going forward, that they're, they're going to be a threat in the playoffs. I know Winnipeg is, is you know, the big, you know, the, the big elephant in the room for them. But, you know, the, the, the trade deadline is, is coming up here in, in 11 day, 10, 11, 12 days. Um, there's time to make another move if, if Poyle does so choose to do so. And if he doesn't, I don't think this team is, you know, is is as bad as the panic is making it out to be. Okay. What other things do you see that they that they could improve or should improve, and how should they improve? Well, I think giving up the first goal has been a problem for them this this season, um, especially lately. Especially lately, I, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they're they're really bad when they allow the first goal, and they're really good when they don't, which is not uncommon in, in the NHL, but. You know, the easy solution to that is just score first. They have, you know, they have a great top line, right? And and that, and that top line, Arvidsson and Forsberg and Johansson, 
provide, I wanted to say 36% of their goals this year, which is, you can consider the time that Forsberg and Arvidsson missed. That's an astoundingly high number, which then bleeds into the depth problem that they like to say they have the depth, but really offensively, that second line, and David Poyle said it last week when we talked to him, that second line, which kind of crapped the bed in the playoffs last year, has to start producing. I mean, whether it's Turris, Fiala, Smith, Turris, or, uh, yeah, whatever combination they have out and, there. And they, Peter Lavalette has mixed that up a little more lately. He's trying to find the right combination. Guys are, you know, are now back from, from – are, are supposedly healthy, back from injury, should be up to speed or getting up to speed. You know, I think when I look at the injuries, I think, man, you know, how many man games it costs them, how many points it probably costs them through some mathematic formula that, that somebody does. But at the end of the day, they're still where they are despite all that. That, to me, is reason for optimism. I mean, you have to think they're going to get better. You, these guys are not, you know, the, the power play is the one thing that I, 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 I've talked to a million people about it. I've looked at the numbers. I've tried to figure it out. It's, it's, it's puzzling to me. They're still trying to figure it out, and they're much m- more apt at doing that than I am. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. That's the one thing that, you know, if you're going to freak out about something, there's, there is merit to freaking out about the power play. Yeah, it is not. And and when you talked about the the front line and if they were healthy all year and you said they got 36% of the goals, I don't know that that's far out of line with with the better top lines in the league, but when you consider that most of that top line hasn't been there for not quite, a little less than half the season, that's amazing and that that speaks poorly of the rest of the line. And I'm a pessimist at heart, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, but legit but but you know, if you think about legitimate problems to worry about, the power play is one of them. And I think that, that that second line, and even beyond that, um, they need to find a way to prove, and I've said this over and over again, people have asked me, if the Predators make another trade, what do they need to get? What do they need to get? They need to get another scoring threat. I don't think it's going to be Panarin for, for many reasons, but there are stone, there's a lot of guys, there are a lot of guys out there who would give the Predators the depth that they think that they have, and I don't believe they do. Um, you know, Panarin is kind of a pipe dream to me. You know, if I'm if I'm a Predators fan, but it's fun to dream. Yeah, and and let me throw this at you. We didn't even discuss this beforehand, but I was actually thinking about this last night. So so I, I think I've I've shifted my thinking, and and I'm not going to promise. I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest expert in the world, but I know what my eyes tell me, and I have watched other teams, and I'll, I I, w- I want to ask where you are on this. Are the Preds good enough? Two questions: Are the Preds good enough to win the Stanley Cup as they are currently constructed? <laughs> I think they are, but I think it, they'd have to be playing a lot better. They have that. to; they're going to have to play over their heads a little bit if if that's the case. And I hear, and, and on the flip side of that, I don't think, despite you know the trade deadline coming up and everything else, I don't also don't think that they're one player away from that was my clinching. Other it, it, you know, I don't think it's ever. I don't think that's ever the case. If you look back in the history, somebody asked me in the uh, the mailbag, which I encourage everybody to ask me these questions because I really need the work. This week's was particularly. Uh, but some, somebody asked me, you know, when's the last time some, you know, a trade deadline deal was made, and the, and the person that, that that was acquired really made a difference in a team winning the Stanley Cup. And you really have to go back 
a little bit of ways to to you know to find to find that consistently. It doesn't happen every year where they get one guy and that that puts them over the top. I think it's you know hockey's not built that way. I mean, yes, yeah. it happens. Baseball, it happens a lot more often when you add a Verlander type guy to your staff or a, you know a Cy Young level pitcher, and now you've got four great starters. And, and that's not to say that it that it doesn't happen, but it doesn't. It's not that simple, is what I'm right. saying. Like if they go out and get Panarin or they go out and get Stone, that doesn't mean they're going to win the Stanley Cup. It's it, well, but but here's my other question, and that's just kind of piggybacks off the first if they make a move is there a player that and i'm not asking who if if they add that that scoring piece if they add that are they good enough to win the stanley cup because i'm not sure now that that i believe that that they should make the big move because i don't know that they'd be good enough to win it if they did well mortgaging your future i think they should go get patrick kane we agree yeah, that that would that set off quite the firestorm, um, and I'm sure that Predators fans would hate having Patrick Kane on their team. But um, at any rate, so no, I, I don't think I think that solving the problems within is 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 a good solution when you don't have a lot to give up, right? So the the cost for some of these players are going to these players that people want the Predators to get. I mean, a first round draft pick, uh, a prospect. I mean, do you really want to give up Tolvanen? Do you want to give up a, a prospect and a first round draft right. pick and, and, because the, they know you're over the barrel? Right, and the asking price is going to be high. Now, the Predators have enough problems that it could work in their in their favor if they can figure out those problems. The power play being one of them. Look, you know, Kyle Turris has not. You know, I think they expect more out of him, um, and, and I think he expects more out of himself. If he and I said this before, if he can get up to where his expectations are, then they don't need to make a move. And there's still time. There's still twenty three games left in the season, or however many there are in the regular season. You know, yes, it's going to go by quickly, but yes, things also can change quickly. So I think, look, getting, and I keep using Panarin, getting Panarin is not going to fix their their power play. It's not going to fix their, you know, their issue with, it, it, it goes a lot deeper than that, right? One guy's not going to do that. Now, they began to do that with Boyle. And, you know, you, you can't, but I think they can fix from within and still be just as competitive. Now, couldn't you, couldn't you finance the Panarin if you, if you got him as a rental by doing a Panera Bread tie-in or something, yeah, I, I you think know, that could probably solve all of it. You, but we we could talk, you know, have their people talk to his people. Uh-huh. But he's made clear that he, he, you know, look, he's just he, he wants to be a free agent. He has every right to be a free agent. He wants to get paid next year, next after the season, right. and, and that's fine. And also, you have to take into consideration too that the contracts the Predators have, who's going to be coming up. Um, yeah, they have cap space, but they're going to have to re-sign Roman Yossi at some point. They're going to have to re-sign UC Saros at some point. They're going to have to, you know, there are the guys that they're going to have to sign. Um, so it's not just as simple as going out, getting a guy and saying, all right, well, you know, we're going to keep, and then, and then what happens when they, what happens when you give up these guys to get one of these top-notch players and, and they don't win the cup, then, then what? Then it's a failure. Then everyone's going, how could you give up that guy? You know? So look, it's a no win. I, I, so win the Stanley Cup or else you you really made a bad decision regardless is the way it's going to play out. And it goes so much deeper than that. But, yeah, you know, look, and and, oh. it's, and Boyle is a great – and segueing to Boyle, I talked to Brian. Yeah, I was going to bring him up, the, the guy that they have added to the roster. Who, who I think um, will be a difference maker, has been a difference maker already. Um, and I was able – I, I talked with him for a few minutes today about some non-hockey stuff and some hockey stuff, uh, which uh, we'll share with you right now. First off, do you have any – Superstitions? No. None? What's the, do you, I'm sure you play with guys who have them. What's the crazy one that stands out to you? Uh, Brad Rich's wouldn't let you touch any of the sticks. The sticks would be just like all over the place in the locker room. If you touch the stick, it was like you had to make a new stick, retape it. It's like they're out of your mind. 
Uh, your numbers have any special meaning to you? Yeah, my best buddy, uh, he wore number 11 growing up. Um, he passed away in 2014 uh, in an accident. And, uh, I s- just signed with Tampa. I switched it over. Um, so I, I wear that on him. It's become, uh, you know, real important. He, uh, his family and he, his name and his, his legacy has kind of gone on and on. He's, uh, they've started a foundation. It's, uh, you know, it's a real important thing that they do. They help a lot of kids uh, with, uh, in terms of some schooling, some children's hospital stuff. It's, uh, this foundation is huge. It's the Corey C. Corey C. Griffin Charitable Foundation. Um, whenever I get asked... I like to give it a plug because uh, he was—he's—he's uh, he's dearly missed every day, and um, you know he means a lot to me. His family, um, I'm very close with them. So it's just a, a small thing I can do, and makes a number a little bit more meaningful for me. You've been in Nashville a little while now. Have you gotten out to? Uh, what are your impressions so far? Have you gotten out at all to see the city? Uh, a little bit, not much. I mean, I've been here enough times uh, just as a visitor. Um, it's great. It's a great city. It's really uh, it's just a ton of fun. Um, lots to do. Great vibe. Happy, nice people. Um, great fans. So it's nice to be on this side of it. And I'm sure we'll get to do a little bit more as we get a little more settled. With um you know, you've been traded, and, and the trading deadline's coming up. What? Yeah. What is the hardest part about being traded? I mean, because it's easy to see you guys are, you know, you move, and that's what happens. But what behind the scenes? I mean, what's the hardest part for for a player? Well, I mean, it's all those things. You have to move. You have to. If you have a family, the family's either they stay or they're moving one way or the other. It's, uh, you know, it's it's difficult if, in terms of either you're away from your family or. Uh, and the family's away from their dad, or they're they're uh, having a move, and they're getting pulled out of wherever they are with kids and stuff. Um, and as a professional, you need to understand that it's you have to block all that stuff out. You're not really allowed to uh, think too much about it because if you do, you're wasting time because you need to learn a new system, get to know the guys that, and the team that just gave up an asset to get you. Um, and that's the hard part fun part is you've just been given an opportunity in a lot of cases you know you get to move on to a place where uh, there's, there's a great opportunity for um, an expectation for a playoff run so that's I mean there's a lot that goes into it there's a lot of emotions and there's only 24 hours in a day so you got to try to manage them any last one for me any guilty pleasures as far as food goes I mean yeah I'll eat I got a sweet tooth I'll eat candy chocolate uh Love pizza. Uh, I eat, you know, a little bit of all those things over a long period of time, and I'll mix it up. Uh, but I don't, for whatever reason, M and M's. There's M and M's in the hotel room or Kit Kat bar. It's gone. Uh, my diet's pretty, pretty good uh, for the most part. But there are, once I get enough of the good stuff in me, I'll indulge a little bit. And that's uh, he's an interesting character. I had a chance to chat with him. He's a large fellow. Yes, he is. He's you know the one thing that I didn't have to do when I walked into locker room the first time after they acquired him is say which one is Brian Boyle because <laughs> he's a he's a six foot six um, looks like a lumberjack 
Um, I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want to be around the goal with him. He's very physical, but I, I don't really. I don't think he's a brute. Um, like like a you know like you like, think like of Cody McLeod. Yeah, like Cody <laughs> McLeod, who is kind of a goon. Sorry, um, but that's kind of what he's a he's a fighter. Um, but. He knows he knows his jobs to be physical. He says himself, "I'm not going to run around skate circles around these people." He's not the speed guy, but you know, I just let let's start on penalty kill. Forget forget. I mean, you know, <laughs> scoring on the on the power play, but I saw in the Arizona game um, two penalty kills that 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 he was solely responsible for. Initiated contact looked awkward, and that he flips the puck down to the other end. They got to go chase it. Well, look, and, and, and here's my opinion about that trade, right? So. He is like trading for one and a half players. So he he's a versatile guy. He can play center. He can play wing. He can he's he can go on the special teams. He's a big body who's not afraid. He's not a goon, but he's not afraid to be physical. Not afraid to fight if he has to. Um, so I think you get a lot right in, in one in one person with him and one player with him where you know you you kind of you can move him around where you, where you need him and that is so valuable. Um, you know, especially with, with how much the Predators have moved their, their lines around this year. So, you know, he is a great asset. I don't think they gave up very much to get him. Um, totally worth the rental. And, you know, I know he's a little older. I think he's 34. But, you know, and, and speaking of, you know, the, the acquisition, so Cody McLeod, you know, who's been in like 5,000 fights in his NHL career and, and has played in Nashville before as a fan favorite, I, I introduced myself to him today because I finally had a chance to. Um, seems like a very nice guy. Uh, has if, if you're not wearing an opposite, if jersey. you're not wearing right, but he's look, he has struggled mightily. Uh, they played in the first three games he was here against more physical teams, and basically handicapped that. But you know, by him playing, I think he played a total of twelve or thirteen minutes in those three games, which basically means that the Predators were playing with eleven forwards before last night, which segs into segues against into twelve, right? And 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 I just don't. I don't understand the logic behind that, but uh, Peter Laviolette explained himself. I don't agree with him, but, you know, that's fine too. But Rocco Grimaldi is a player who now, since McLeod has gotten here, Rocco played, he was scratched three three games in a row before last night. Um, and, I, you know, I talked to Rocco about that. Um, I think that's, that story is definitely up on the Tennessean.com. Uh, and, and Rocco was pretty candid about how he felt about it. Um, <clears throat> and it wasn't directed at Cody or no, the coach. No, it was no. directed at, I want to be on the ice, and I want other guys who in that situation to also not take it well. And, uh, and yeah, he wants, he wants guys to be he, – he said, if I play with somebody who's not pissed off and they're scratched, then I don't – I think that's wrong. Right. So, of course, he's going to be upset. Um, and for him to say that, to even say – It's so unrocko. Yeah, it's very unrocko. Like, but he wasn't angry when he said it. Look, he knows his role – he understands, you know, he, he does what he's told, but that doesn't – the bottom line is he makes this team better. I don't know, you know, maybe in the playoffs, um, you know, maybe when they play the bit more physical teams and, and they need somebody out there to, to knock some, some bodies around, um, Cody McLeod is valuable. Rocco, over the long haul, <clears throat> to me, is you know needs to be out there. Um, he's right. he's a solid fourth-line guy. He's, he, he provides, you know, that depth that they're talking about. And, you know, he's a guy you notice when, when and I know he's your guy, but um, he's, a, he's a guy you notice when, when he's on the ice. And that's, you know, that's important. Those guys are important in the playoffs, too. Well, let's move from the ice to the snow. And um, PK 
and Lindsey Vaughn, and um, lots of lots of news being made there. And the pastries and a, and a, and a goat goat cake. What yes. is a goat cake? I don't want a goat cake. I don't. I, you know, yeah. more more. It's not made out of actual goat. I think oh it's, well, in that case. But I do I do wonder this. I saw so I saw this cake. Goat uh, isn't greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. Yes, which he uh, PK often refers to well, Lindsey, rightfully so, as the greatest of all time. Um, so what I wondered is not how you make this cake, but how do you cut this cake? It's in the, you know, like, and, and he said she, today she was still eating the cake. Um, and she, she can, cause she's retired. She can. And she, but he, I, I, I looked at this thing and I'm wondering, how do you eat that? I, I'm sure it tastes really good, but how do you, <laughs> my, like my mother-in-law makes cakes. Right. And, and I, sometimes I see her, the cake she makes and I'm like, that's not for eating, right? Like, how do you how do you do? So, but anyway, yeah. PK. My, my girlfriend was a pastry chef, and um, she for the last two holidays back home, um, she has brought these cakes that she made, and we like just took pictures of them. I mean, we it, we had to like somebody had to break down and cut it because it was so pretty you didn't want to cut it. Well, it's so pretty, and it's also how like how do you cut? Like, I, I don't even know. I, I I don't know if I want to see this cake cut up. It looked much <laughs> prettier in its whole form, but. Um, yeah, and you know, look, PK, they're a power couple. They are, and and now the Predators have another um, celebrity fan. And now that Lindsay's retired, she's. I asked PK, you know, we expect to see her around Nashville some more, and he said definitely yes. And and she'll be, she, you know, he he says that she, um, oftentimes like if she can't watch the game, she'll check the scores, and if she can't check the scores, she's she's always telling him to congratulate teammates who do well. I guess she's a pretty pretty stringent follower of the team she asked so, him what's wrong with the power play she probably is uh, <laughs> knowing her I, I would love to have i would love to hear some of the conversations they might have about uh, uh about that because i t- you know it reminds me of nick i Benito. could just see pk coming mm-hmm. home or uh, yeah i scored well i scored a goal on the power play and, I, and her say it's about time yeah right no yeah. kidding like hey, uh, hey, why don't you tell that to my gold medals you scored a goal <laughs> Nick, Nick Benito, he's married to a former hockey player, and, he, and, and I had a conversation with him about about that. And he said, "Yeah, sometimes going home isn't that much fun because she, you know, <laughs> she knows what she's she knows talking what about. she's talking about. And she'll <laughs> she'll give him some critiques and some pointers, but uh, but no, look, I think listen. The bottom line is with this team is the playoffs are all that matters. Um, whether or not another move comes, or whether or not you know, it, it's like getting the injured players back was like making a trade. Now, if they can get their power play." to be average that'll be like gaining another big name you know before the trade deadline or, or, or around the trade deadline so i think i i think in terms of that i don't think in terms of you have to go out and get player x in order to win the stanley cup or be a contender i think a lot of it is momentum a lot of it is is you know but we can agree that they need to get some momentum they've lost momentum they've lost six they need, out of their last 11 and even if you go to 20 i don't think it's a big positive edge they need you're right they need momentum more than they need players they need they need what they have to work because what they have is the right they have the right pieces you know the old puzzle adage but they they, they have the, the pieces there if they can figure out how to put how to put them together i think they'll be fine and the other thing you know look their goaltending is so good uh uc's uc struggled a little bit the last game but before that it was out of this world yes he had been and um you know he's got gold pads and he does have awesome gold pads so that's that's the thing I didn't get to put anywhere in in our publication. So I'll mention when the women's hockey all star game was in town, and um, Katie Burt, who's one of the all star goalkeepers, got to got to practice with the Preds, which was a big thrill for her, and they really enjoyed having her out there and everything. But I did get to ask her because she kind of shared the goal back and forth with UC. So as as the interview session was breaking up, I said, "So 
are you going to get you some pads? Like, what did you think of UC's gold pads? You want some of those? And she said, I got to go find out if they make those in size 34. Um, so I thought that was kind of cute. She did notice. She knew exactly what I was talking about. UC is probably the most envied goalie in the league right now. And he, he got it from, from Mark andre Fleury, uh, the Vegas goaltender. Anyway, I think everybody out there should con- – also, before we go, should congratulate Tommy, who's somehow now my boss. Um, <laughs> he's taking over as the – I don't know what his fancy title is, sports director of the Region, world. Regional sports director for the USA Today Sports Network for Tennessee and Florida. And that all fits on a business card, I'm assuming. It's going to have to. I got, I got new business cards about a month ago. Now I'm going to go burn them. Get some new ones made, and and hopefully you know. So Tom, Tommy and I were, were roommates and good friends, and um, so it's going to be a test to our relationship to how you can be my boss and my roommate yeah. and my friend. Well, one of those things might not survive, but we'll see. Now go home and get your shine box. <laughs> <laughs>